Eric Vincent, what is up? Detroit Sports Nation, what is up? It's AJ and Eric back with your favorite sports show. What are you looking at? What are you looking who at? Is, who is that? Oh, That's not AJ. Who is who is this this scruffy stranger I'm looking at? Who is this guy? It's me in no, the flesh and how no I prefer way. it, actually. And how I wow. prefer it. But came out dangerous with the beard now. You know, Look given you. certain, you know, military requirements, I have to shave when I'm on my reserve weekend. So Man. I haven't had a reserve weekend in almost a month because the next one's coming up this weekend. So okay. next time you all see me Monday night at seven o'clock when you all come back for our show, I'll be clean shaved again. But until then, I'm going to keep the scruff. Can I write him a letter? Easier. Can I hit him? You can write a letter all you want. I'm CPU. literally the guy that writes the memos to get people beards, and I don't have oh. a religious standing to be able to get the beard. So it doesn't work right. that way. You got to teach. No problem. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I mean, I I do what I can. do really enjoy the facial hair and not having to shave every day and all that stuff. But, you know, the army is the army. You. The military is the military. I'm good with it. Every once in a while, it's good to let the face breathe. Just a little bit. Just a little just, just, bit. Just a bit. Like I said, it's a little bit of style and grit to you, man. This, this is a different side of AJ. Oh, there's a lot of grit to Yeah. Me. I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you that there's I'll a lot I'll take your word, brother. What's style? up, everybody? I don't know. Style? I mean, you make fun of me all the time, yeah. which is okay. I can't. We we ain't got to speak on it. It's okay. I don't want to bully you on our first show back. I'm almost 40 years old and content with the clothes that I wear. That's all. That's it's right. gonna, I'm never going to be in GQ, and I'm okay with that. It's okay. I, you on the other hand, Maybe probably cover day. model for GQ. I'm working. I don't on know. It. Yeah, I, I want to get. I don't know there. what to yeah. do with that. But so I get my Mike Lowry on. I want to be in there. Hey, we are so pumped that you guys are here. We got football to talk about because of the AFC and NFC Championship games. We're going to talk about what does the Detroit Lions Super Bowl team look like. If you have a fantasy of what the winning Detroit Lions Super Bowl team looks like. What would that be? And so I'm going to tell you right now, that's the first topic. So make sure you're dropping whatever it is that you see a Super Bowl team being into the chat. We also got a little bit of some award predictions that we're going to get to. We're going to get to some pet peeves as well because we've got some pet peeves. And then maybe a little hoorah, who cares at the N.E. We were off last week because you were covering the Motor City Cruise. Why don't you give some people a little bit of a rundown on the cruise real quick before we jump into NFL. It's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Shout out to everybody that's turned up at the Wayne State Fieldhouse. Uh, It's been a pleasure being over there for the past few weeks. Uh, It's good basketball, man. It's a lot of grit, a lot of good talent, uh, a lot of continuity, a lot of young players that are trying to you know, get their moment and get their shine to maybe get called up to the Pistons or get an opportunity in the NBA. And these guys are for real. I mean, a lot of cool players, Kiefer Sykes, uh, Jared Roden, uh, Kaycock. I mean, it's a lot of different guys that I'm thinking of, of the kind of blanking of, but it's a lot of good talent on that team. And it's been a lot of fun checking it out. The atmosphere is kind of like, I don't know if you've seen uh, the Flint Tropics movie with Will Ferrell. Oh, like, yeah. it's kind of like having that, like, little local feel to it, man. It is a lot That's of fun seeing how the crowd enjoyed this. Uh, yeah, semi-pro. Anybody... I, could, I was blanking on the name. You it's ain't like got anybody wrestling a bear in that no, in, no, during no, halftime, I, do they? I wouldn't be reporting on it. If they brought that out, I'm <laughs> gone. Shit, no. Which brings up an interesting thought. What animal scares you the most? And then we'll get into our show. But I think this is a good, like, lead in. What scares you the most? Is it bears? <sighs> I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It's all of them. 
I'm terrified all of animals? all animals. All animals. Like I almost got, like I almost got eaten by a zebra last time I went to the Detroit Zoo. I've been terrified eaten by, by a zebra. Peacocks. Aren't they plant eaters? I couldn't tell me. I had one charge at me and make a noise <laughs> I've never heard a zebra make in my life. Absolute horrifying experience. I will never forget. It's not a made up story. Bad trouble from that. Bad PTSD. So all of the above is my answer. All the animals. Every really? one of them. Yeah. I'm one of oh them. Oh my goodness. A oh, zebra. I'm, I'm scary like, with animals. Maybe the least terrifying animal that No, no. You made fun of me about thunderstorms a long time ago, and I'm about to make fun of you for zebras. I mean, <laughs> you this didn't is put me literally on an animal <laughs> that is so weak it can't no. carry anybody on its back. Nah, nah, this bug was built like a linebacker, <laughs> like five linebackers. It was charging, ready to go, man. I felt like Antonio Brown with Vontez Burfitt coming at me. I didn't know what was in store. I was horrified. Well, at least you didn't end up like AB after that uh, hit. Yeah. It's all been downhill since yeah. that hit. And since you segued so perfectly into, well, I didn't answer. Snakes. Yeah. Snakes are my, snakes are my, oh, I hate snakes. Wow. I, I hate snakes. Would... I hate them. Oh, I feel like you I hate them. love it. And what's my son's favorite animal? <laughs> He's a snake guy. It's the first place we have to go when we go to the zoo. Yeah, can oh, we go yeah. to reptiles and snakes? <laughs> oh, Fine, we'll take it out. Fine. Nothing should be able to move that unnaturally. Ever. Ever, ever. But <laughs> terrible. Just absolutely terrible. But anyway, so we have some football to talk about. We have AFC, NFC championship games. And obviously, the Lions are at home watching these games. Because they ended up losing the tiebreaker to the Seattle Seahawks. We get all of that. But it, you can't help but think in these times, okay, what would a Lions Super Bowl team look like? And they've got a pretty important draft coming up in April. I would argue the most important draft maybe in franchise history because of what they did this year and the foundation that they've laid and the amount of picks that they have in the top 81. What does a Lions Super Bowl team look like to you, Eric Vincent? And I want to hear from the people watching too. Drop it into the chat. What does a Lions Super Bowl team look like? What do they have to do to win a Super Bowl? I think a Lions Super Bowl team is going to look very reminiscent to the San Francisco Harbaugh team that made it. I feel like the Lions are molding that. They're doing a good job addressing the trenches. I think they're going to do that more in the draft. I feel like they may make a splash in some signings for maybe a D tackle. I could see a Deron Payne being in their conversation in the free agency. I could see that. I feel like the offense is going to be the key. Because, again, while I think they're building, to me, a top five, top ten defense with the resources and the young talent that they have, the offense is the key. Because while I love the pieces around the most important parts i love the offensive line i think they'll add a guard to help solidify for the next five to ten years i feel like there's one piece that has to be addressed if they're going to get to that place i love jared goff i think he's doing a good job of buying his time but i feel like he's in an alex smith type window he has talent i think he's more talented than an alex smith but I don't think his window is as long as people on Twitter are making it sound. He's a good player. He may have a couple years left. But I think the Lions get to that Super Bowl plateau with a mobile quarterback that they invest in in the draft. 
I don't think they're going to take some big gamble. I don't think C is going for a Lamar. I don't see them kind of splashes happening. But no. seeing the way that this team is building and the way that this regime is going, I could see them investing in a player like a Heldon Hooker or somebody else that they could invest in later in the draft and develop. Is Hooker over time. mobile though? Well, I guess not. I'm coming up. He's an injury, right? That he's dealing AC, with, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, I guess as, but, as of I mean, now, maybe not. But but knows? given that he doesn't need to be the starter in 2023, that it could work out fine. And he'll be more mobile than Jared Goff, so that's fine. I got a name for you. Okay. And it's not going to cost you more than like a six-round pick. Okay. Clayton Toon from Houston. Clayton Toon. Okay. Okay. What do you like about it's him? It's a theory at this point. Okay. So watch his game against SMU. The dude can move. He overcompensates his athleticism a little bit. I think he over-exaggerates it a little bit too much. Okay. But he can get the ball down the field. He can make the throws. He might not be able to push it down there consistently enough. But I think to spend a six-round pick on him right now, I would do that. Uh, not not to take over for golf. I mean, golf is golf is the quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Golf is foreseeably the quarterback in 2024 as well. We agree. The that. question becomes what happens after 2024. Right. Could it be a Clayton Tune that you got in the sixth round? I, maybe I don't know. I, again, it's just a theory. I'm not saying that's who they have to draft, but. This guy can move. I need you to go and look up some highlights on him and, and tell me what that. you think about him. I'm high in um, draft mode. I can do that. Yeah, and so I like the idea of a mobile quarterback. The problem with a mobile quarterback is what you're seeing with Jalen Hurts right now is mobile quarterbacks get hit more often. And um, I that makes me nervous. I agree with you. I think we need more athleticism. Raw podcast. I don't even. I, I may have even watched your video on Clayton Tune, uh, but feel free to drop it the link here so that people can watch it um, as that well. Because I watched a lot of film on Clayton Tune uh, last week, and I was, uh, I was, I was impressed. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. all quarterbacks do get hurt, which which brings me to my point. A Detroit Lions Super Bowl team has a solid backup quarterback now that Mm -hmm. does not mean that we are wasting high draft capital to draft a quarterback right but i agree with you in the sense that those hardball teams in san francisco could be like the blueprint right Mm -hmm. yeah because you had a very solid defense yes and you had a playmake playmaker on offense with kaepernick and the weapons around him Frank Gore, Crabtree, yeah. Yeah, so my my ideal Lions team is a team that has a Hutchinson and a Houston, mm-hmm. but then also has somebody like we saw this weekend with Hassan Riddick that is just completely destroying backfields. Mm-hmm. Is it Chris Jones, I think, from Kansas City as well? Balled out. Balled, Balled out. out the other day. What, the thing that I noticed when I was watching those games, specifically – um, the Eagles defense and then the Bengals and the 49ers game last night. Mm-hmm. Detroit could not compete with them, I don't think, at this point. Nah, definitely Because not. those defenses were too good. Yep. And so when it comes to this year specifically, and, you know, I'm going to throw this up as well because at Detroit Sports Nation, we put together a complete draft guide for um, all the fans. So 
I want to, we'll find a way to get this link out. It'll be in the description later, but I mean, this draft guide has everything that you need to know about the draft. And you're going to read in there. What it says is our biggest needs mm -hmm. are defense, yep. but also a backup quarterback. Yes. And you could also argue a running back. Yes. So when I look at a, you know, five picks in the top 81, right? Mm-hmm. Three to four of those picks need to be on the best defensive player available. Yeah. And I don't care if it's, yes, we have, you know, we have an edge rusher in Hutchinson. Okay. But Hutchinson doesn't play every now. Right. What is happening is get the best player available. I've done a few mock drafts. Jalen Carter's fallen. Will Anderson's fallen. If they're there, yeah, I the see pick. those. Yeah. If they're not there, then I don't think you take a corner at six. And I don't know how much I like Brian Breesy, and I don't know how much I like Miles Murphy, which I know Murphy's kind of your guy. So I don't want to go. Guys, yeah, I love. Those I know. Guys. If you like them, take them. If you don't like them, then you got to find a way to trade out a six. I agree with that. Yeah. And then you get your corner at 18, mm -hmm. and then you get, you know, Jack Campbell in the second round. Maybe a Keeley Ringo falls down to the second round as well. Maybe. The quarter or cornerbacks are a dime a dozen as far as solid players go. Sauce mm -hmm. Gardner is generational. We're not, yeah, we're not drafting another Sauce Gardner. So, one like, let's think about this for a second, okay? Yeah. A Detroit Lions team that wins the Super Bowl, wins the Super Bowl potentially with a quarterback like Goff because of who their defense is. Yes. And so that defense has got to be, has got to be solid. Now, they were solid towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But as solid as they were, I don't think they would have made any type of noise in the playoffs. Probably not. I think they would have gotten exposed a little bit. Yeah, you saw San Francisco. They made a, every other play. They were getting penalties left and right, showing a lot of young player, young rookie mistakes. And I felt like that's what we probably would have saw with the Lions if, I mean, even they got in the playoffs. But yeah, Super Bowl for sure. They weren't. They're not ready for that yet. I feel like you said you don't want to take a corner that high. I'm with you. I've seen a lot of conversational line about cornerback being a position where the Lions do maybe make a splash. Trading for somebody like a Marshawn Lattimore, taking advantage of the Saints who are trying to get out of the cap hell that they're in right now. I feel like that's a position that they could expose maybe with that 18th pick or maybe they get a bargain with later pick after that. Yeah, they do have extra resources. So I feel like that's a position that they could make one of those splash plays to have that uh, like how the Rams got Jalen Ramsey or uh, splash with Avon Miller. I feel like the Lions need one or two of those players to really like solidify for that core of that defense. But also, the draft, you know, to Raw Podcast here, to their comment about we have eight picks, can't draft all defense, but they all will not play. That's true. That's cool. Yeah. But I'd say four of those eight probably need to be defense at minimum, and I would argue five to six of those picks need to be defense right? for a couple of reasons. Um, one, the more defensive picks you gather, the higher your odds are that you find a few pieces that you need mm -hmm. as opposed to putting all of your eggs into a 
Will Anderson bucket or a right. Christian Gonzalez bucket, right? Right. I mean, who knew James Houston in the sixth round at pick 219 last year was going to have eight sacks in seven games? Exactly. Right. And yep. so in that in that vein, I'm going to trust Brad Holmes and his strategy and his evaluation 100% with eight picks. And I would like to see him use six of those eight picks on, you know, maybe five, five of those picks, then draft a tight end, a running back, and a quarterback. Now, mm-hmm. what order you do that in is completely up to your evaluation of the best player on the board. And I think that that's part of their strategy, right? Is part of the strategy is who's the best talent available. We saw that last year when they traded up to get JMO. Yep. Best talent on the board, traded up to get him. I'm not opposed to that strategy as long as you are also filling holes on the back end as well. Right. So, like, for me, if if Bijan somehow falls to the second round you and he's him. there for your pick in the second round, you take yeah. him. I don't take him in the first round. No. But I do think that you need to deepen your running back room because Swift has one year left. Yep. This is his final year. So there's, there's definitely um, holes that need to be filled, specifically more on defense than on offense. Jacob, you said hi, and then you asked, what will the Lions' record be next season, do we think? Next season. I can't answer that right now. It's too much, it's it, too much to it, cover yet. I would, love, I would love to give you an answer, and I would yeah. love to say 12-5. and five. But I don't know what their free agency looks like, and yeah. I don't know what their draft looks like. 17 and 0, man. But here's what <laughs> But here's what I will guarantee you. I will guarantee you beyond a shadow of a doubt they win the NFC North next year. Yes. I don't care. I don't care what happens in free agency. I don't care what happens in the draft. You are looking at your NFC North champs next year in the Detroit Lions. Let me ask you a question real quick. Kind yeah. of piggybacking off of that. What do you think their floor would be? Do you think it's winning the division or winning a playoff game? No, the if you had to make between them two, it's the division to you. Yeah. So if they get into the wild card and get an upset, how would you feel? Like, would you feel like they underachieve heading into the season? Or because again, if the floor is the division, but they make the wild card, are you like and get a playoff win? Yeah, they get a playoff win that we don't expect. Like, how would you feel about that? Would you feel like that's like a disappointment to an extent because they didn't get the division? Or no. It's not going to be a disappointment, but but winning the division, in my mind, right? Okay, the wild card could end up screwing you. You win the division, you control your destiny. That's right. where it starts for me, right? Is answer some questions real quick. <laughs> I've got a little <laughs> bit of an interruption. Yeah, the only reason I say that is just because I feel like wild card teams and the teams that are sitting out here winning the division to an extent can be a little bit different because we just saw Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the division, but they're clearly a fraudulent team, but teams that are getting into the wild card as well. Maybe a team like the giants, you know, they're able to sneak up and upset the Vikings. Sorry about that. They're have different expectations. No, it's cool. You get your intern, you know, answer <laughs> his questions. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like it's maybe to uh to an extent a different standard of you know what we're looking for in terms of where they finish because wild card teams can be like I said, can be fluky, but then again, so can division. So I mean, it just depends on where your spots are. But I agree with I would I agree with Dre. I, sorry, I didn't mean to click that off again. But I agree with Dre. Okay, to the extent that. There's that lack of controlling your destiny. 
Yeah. If you win the division, yeah. you are controlling your destiny. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't have to go, oh my gosh, I hope the Seattle Seahawks don't get help from the referees and win right. this game. No. You go, no. We've won the division. We're hosting a playoff game. What happens after that to me is kind of cake. Right? Like, yeah, you want to perform well. But if you... Because the playoffs... Let me step back for a second. Winning a Super Bowl is incredibly difficult. Of course. And it takes a lot of luck, right? So the Super Bowl to me, yeah, that's the ultimate goal. And yeah, that's what we want to get to. But the playoffs too also have it's all these unknowns as well. This randomness that's involved. Right. Okay. Okay. To me... A solid floor level season next year is go out and be that team. Go out and be that team that wins the division, that controls its destiny. That now people are like, you don't want to go to Detroit in January and play in okay. the playoffs. Right. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Right. But let's be the team that controls the destiny during the regular season. That's where okay. I'm at. Feel, that's but, why I say the floor is the division. And, but based on what you just said, though, that's why I kind of feel like it would be a disappointment. I don't want them to have to sneak in with a wild card. Uh, but great, I don't want them to be a division team like Tampa Bay where they look like trash all season but still fall in because of where they at. It's about getting hot at the right time at the end of the season. Of course, and Always that's what we saw that. them do. But in we also want to clean up a few yeah. of those early games, too, so they don't bite you in the behind at the end of the year. So Imagine yes. if they had gone two and five through those first seven they'd have been in the playoffs ten and seven would be beautiful yes imagine yeah. if they had gone three and four right yep. there's there's a lot of what ifs and i think to that point it's control the destiny don't lose the games you're not supposed to lose mm-hmm. like the seahawks game like the minnesota game in minnesota no don't do that those two games right there are what cost them the playoffs, not Seattle winning at the end of the season. No. Nope. And they still hurt now. Who do you think? Oh, yeah. Not saying it'll happen as the biggest threat to the Lions NFC North Crown. You have my honest opinion? Who? Mr. Injury. That's it. Who's the Mr. injury oh, bug? The, the health guys? Okay. That's it. I'm with that. I'm with that. I can't even pick one because they. I feel like the Vikings and the Packers are going to look super different next season. And even Chicago with the, you know, draft capital, whoever they add for Justin Fields. But I I don't. Or move on. I have a hard time picking one. Because there's also talk of them doing that. Uh, that, That's hilarious to me. That is is hilarious to me. I see that too. Yeah. I would laugh. (laughs) The NFC North is going to look a lot different next year because. Mm You could potentially have a new quarterback in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. You could potentially have a new quarterback in Chicago. And I have seen, and I don't know where this came from, but I've even seen like Cousins not being in Minnesota next year. Yeah. I think they got Dalvin Cook's contract they got to deal with too. Like, they got so some issues. It could look different. And <laughs> if I'm the Lions, everybody else is trending the wrong way when you're yes. trending the right way. Yes. And that's not yes. a bad place to be. 100%. At all. It's just not yeah. a bad place to be, right? It's You have the top five offense. You're going to fix the defense, whether through free agency 
like a Deron Payne would be beautiful <sighs> in the interior. It. Yeah. With Bugs and Ali McNeil, right? Yep. I like give me as many big uglies in the front seven as we can get two, three deep, and just wreak havoc. Because you saw a lot of this when Okuda played at Ohio State. Because just Ooh. like, and I think we've talked about this before, but just like there are system quarterbacks, I believe there are system DBs as well. For it's sure. really easy to be an elite For DB sure. in college when your front seven is insane. I The guy from the uh, Commanders is slipping my mind right now, but the... Uh, the big defensive end that was number two at Ohio State. I can't. I'm like oh, literally um, Chase Young. Chase Young. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he when, didn't play all season. Yeah. When those guys are your front seven, it's really easy to be a pretty good, you know, <laughs> defensive back because quarterback ain't got no time to throw it. I mean, for what it's worth, I mean, the Legion of Boom you could say is a system. Like Richard Sherman extent. was great, but those guys in front of him are help what make that happen. Bobby Wagner, Cliff Averill in his prime, like they had a huge rush. And I feel like the Lions could still do the same thing. You need to have that dominant front four if you're going to be one of them Super Bowl contenders. That's what you're seeing in the Super Bowl right now. Hey, one more time, I just want to remind everybody, if you're looking for a draft guide, because I know we got some questions about uh, extensions and who are we taking with the sixth pick and those kind of things. The link for the comprehensive Detroit Sports Nation draft guide is in the comments. It was just posted um, by some people helping us at Detroit Sports Nation. So make sure that you go to that link and bookmark it. And I tell you to bookmark it because every draft article that we write is going to be linked to that page. There's going to be updates to that page consistently. That is going to be the, as we like to call it, DSN draft bible. In a lot of ways. So make sure you bookmark that page if you want good comprehensive draft coverage because yours truly is going to be writing a lot of draft content. You know, Eric's going to be oh, dropping yeah. a lot of draft oh, yes. content as well. We have a, a bevy of other writers who have a lot of football knowledge that are dropping some, uh, some draft knowledge there too. So make sure that you bookmark that uh, link. Let's get to some of these draft questions because I love talking about it gets me excited it's a good time to talk about the draft let's do this. we kind of talked about this a little bit are you excited for the sixth pick and who do you think is getting drafted oh, i'm gonna let you answer that first man i feel like it's gonna be tough because a lot could happen before the lines even get to that pick but assuming everything stays pat just to be regular for now i could see i could see the d tackle dn from texas tech falling I think it was Tyrell Young, I think is his name. Um, or Brian Breezy or Brisey. I keep forgetting how to say his name. Is I think Brise? he's yeah, Brisey. I think I he's I think he's the best fit. Um, you really need a D tackle to plug that hole. I don't want to see them go for a corner that early. Like I've seen Devon Witherspoon. I love his upside. Don't love it at number six, though. I just don't. Especially after what we just saw with Okuda. You don't want to repeat that same thing. So I would love to see Brisey there. If Miles Murphy is there, I'd love to get him as well. Um, somewhere in the trenches, somewhere in the trenches with that number six pick for me. So here's the thing. If Brise and Murphy aren't there, there's a good chance Carter or Will Anderson are there. Yes. I don't see a scenario where one of those four guys is not there at six. I, I just, I don't see it. Like, right. 
depending on what the Bears do too, they're talking about trading back with the Colts. Um, they could also, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. If they end up trading Justin Fields to like the Jets and then they've got to take a quarterback there, like who knows, right? Mm-hmm. I think ideally you get a front seven defenseman there. Yep. The last player that I would take is um, the kid from Texas Tech, Tyree Wilson. If Murphy, Anderson, Wilson, Brisset, and Carter are not available, then you are trading out of that pick. Okay. No matter what. And getting more draft capital in the second, third round, maybe a, a, a back end first round, like whatever the case may be. It has to be a front seven defenseman. Mm-hmm. And then, based on what you did at six and what how everything else has fallen, at 18 would be where you could pick up Christian Gonzalez. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe Witherspoon potentially drops because he's in that, like, you know, 12 to 19 yeah. range, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I would just expect defense, defense, defense with at least the first three picks. Got to. Makes the most I, sense. Anthony Richardson's been mocked to us at 18. I would not necessarily hate that. I watched a lot of film on him too. Super raw. The two years under golf could really probably help him and set the lines up. But he also scares me. And he does not have a lot of time on the college level playing. I mean, he doesn't have a ton. So what's the the gutsiest position you would gamble on at 18? The gut, the gutsiest position to gamble. Yes, on? like quarterback would be a gutsy position to gamble on at eighteen. You could argue halfback would be a bit yeah. of a gamble at eighteen. Wide receiver, I mean, it's not a guarantee we bring DJ Shark back. Like may invest in that. What do you think no. the the? Uh, you cannot take ends? a wide receiver at this point. I, I don't want not, either. That's not my. Like, pick. You I can you can with like maybe your fifth round pick, maybe try to find another St. Brown or something like that. I think the gutsiest pick you would take at 18 is tight end, <laughs> oh, right? God. If Michael Myers that. there or what, it, like that would be that. That'd be I, brutal. I think that I would be that. brutal. I, I hate it. I'd rather wait until this, you know, I'd rather wait till the second round, like our second, second round pick and get like a Dalton Kincaid or Darn mm-hmm. Washington or wait till our fifth round pick and get like Luke Schoonmaker from yes. Michigan. Yes. Like just wait just wait because like we've seen that golf with a committee of tight ends can still be effective and that's okay yes also i need my tight ends to not be uh, nobody's going to be mark andrews nobody's going to be travis no. kelsey okay no. we're not getting those guys yeah so you find guys that can be those short to intermediate pass catching good blocking guy like that's me. I I think this draft is incredibly deep defensively, mm-hmm. incredibly deep defensively, and so I would love to see like I would love to see a Will Anderson, <sighs> a Will Anderson, a Jack Campbell, a Malcolm Rodriguez linebacking core. Mm. Oh yeah, with like a Hutchinson and the is it Ilka or Ika from Baylor. Like Ilka, yeah, yeah, it's it's Ika, Ika, I don't know, but and then uh, give me, give me a guy in the third round, fifth round that can lock down a receiver here and there, and we're we're good. Yeah, I mean raw podcast, we're here. Like, give me a a great linebacking tandem, hundred percent of the time. Like, 
Always. Always. It's getting there. Austin says, what about Stetson Bennett falls to the second round? I guarantee you he'll be there in the second round. But (laughs) drafting Stetson Bennett in the second round would be worse than drafting Jelani Tavai in the second round. Don't want that. Can we not? Don't want that. Not. Brad Holmes said he wanted to invest in a, in a backup. That's that would be a horrible option in order to do so. No, would be a terrible option. It, let's be clear: anybody outside of like the top four quarterbacks is going to be the third string quarterback if you draft them. Yeah, Bryce. If you, I don't like any of them. Let me be very clear: yeah, you've like gone any back of them. and forth on this. You, I know, like okay with Bryce, not okay with Bryce. Listen, I'm if if it was a if I'm the Houston Texans, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, but we're not the Houston Texans. No, thank. Luckily, we're not. Okay. No. So like, that's where I'm saying. Like, I I don't. I'm not drafting a luxury pick when I don't have necessarily the luxury to take that pick. No. Defense, defense. Brad Holmes, defense, defense, defense. I'm gonna send him a recording in his sleep. Just defense, defense, defense. <laughs> he, we we trust the subliminal messaging, man. He sees We're it. gonna make he it work. It. We trusted Brad Holmes. We I do. He, I he actually. After after what happened in 2022. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm you good. can't. Nobody can doubt him at this point. Not after 2022. No, I'm 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 good. I'm a hundred percent good. Yeah, this is gonna be fine. We're in a good position. You got a lot let's of help around Hutch. We're we'll good. Let's see if there's any more here, real quick. Um, no, we already answered this, Austin. The Detroit Lions are going to win right, come on. the NFC North in 2023. It has because to be. we are trending the right way, and everybody else yeah. is trending the wrong way. So yes, it's us. Uh, D Winters, another good solid linebacker as well. You're right, Raw Podcast. We will uh, for sure, hopefully, have him on the radar as well we need to move on and as we move on let me remind you that wherever you are at on social media oh that's gear up detroit i did it again (laughs) i'll do it no i got it uh so social media wherever you are at whether that's facebook twitter tiktok instagram youtube make sure that you're following detroit sports nation for all of your detroit sports content because we cover everything make sure you're liked and subscribed and following everywhere across all social media platforms you can also follow beyond the box on twitter at beyond the box dsn and we will get you in the conversation hopefully because we like having conversations about sports now eric yes, we got some award predictions to make yes the finalists were revealed for yes. the nfl awards i have them right here on the computer uh so we will start with the most valuable player in the nfl you got josh allen joe burrow jalen hurts justin jefferson and patrick mahomes and if i'm not mistaken did i not catch a little bit of shade from you when we first started about joe burrow possibly because i don't because you are so lucky that i was extremely busy this weekend because when you put this up I was going to find that clip and I was going to bring it on air and be like, remember when you said this? Oh, and I was right. Okay. Okay. That's what that is. Look, he's, I have no doubt on Joe Burrow now. He got a whole nother season. This is an elite season for him, especially and with also, how bad Josh Allen looked. true about Jamar Chase? 
Didn't about, you think I had Jamar Chase overranked in our rankings? You definitely did. You had him above, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Justin Jefferson, who's on this yeah. list. And guess what? I would still put him above Justin Jefferson. And and I would I would ask if you was on something, but I love no, you man. dearly, and I you know I'm gonna just pray for you. That's all I'm gonna do. Did you not <laughs> see that catch that he made last night? He's he's fantastic. He's so Justin good. Jefferson arguably had the play of the year against the Bills. Yeah. We dragged it down. That's fair. That's fair. they're both 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 Jettis, very good. Yeah, Jettis is something else, but MVP. I I hate that Jalen Hurts did not stay. Healthy, healthy for this you know but i do love this for the guy who's gonna win it i want this guy to take down tom brady as the goat and i think he's on track to do so this is pat mahomes award to lose very interesting i honestly don't know man like i don't think it's burrow i don't think it's alan i think alan turns the ball over too much mm -hmm. could jefferson sneak in there and be the mvp no no way he's the third best receiver to you i mean there's no way i mean <laughs> i know but he's on the list I, right. I think you're right, though. I think it's Mahomes, especially. I, I know that they don't really like take into account what happens in the playoffs, but what he did last night on like an ankle and a half, yeah, yeah, is really, really impressive. Um, so yeah, the quarterback I'll, debate is going to be interesting for a while. I think one is solidified. Two through like six, you can make arguments for. I think one and one, two are solidified. One and two, okay, that's fair. Yeah, but yeah, Mahomes I, I, is at what? As long as Mahomes is at one, I'm fine with that. That's cool. If you gave me the choice right now to start a franchise with Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, I'll take Burrow. Burrow, 100 percent of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I think one and two are solidified. What you there? Okay. But I, no I, it, I, you know, my affinity for the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts this season, like, yeah, even if though you he somehow on like if they somehow took that injury out of the the equation and were. Yeah, then he would have it. He would and have it for sure. And he he deserve it. All right, let's go to you? Defensive Player of the Year: Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, who was a beast last night. Yes. Or Michael Parsons from the Cowboys. All monsters here. Um, Parsons was on track for a minute. He kind of cooled off. It seemed like I feel like the Cowboys got to decide if they want to make him an edge rusher or a linebacker. They keep yeah. fluctuating with him. For that, it's gonna be Nick Bosa. He's been a terror. Um. He's who you want Aiden Hutchinson to be. You're hoping that's his ceiling. You're hoping, you know, he's going to look like him. And he showed some flashes every so often with the relentlessness. Uh, I think it's going to be Bosa. Bosa's going to walk away with this one. I think he's got, what, 18 and a half sacks this season? Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I I think he probably walks away. With, I mean, Chris Jones, pretty good, though. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think... I think the order on this list is actually correct. Like, I think it's Bosa, Jones, and Parsons. Yeah, in the I'm voting. with you. Like, that's the way to go. So, we're in lockstep on that one. Offensive Player of the Year, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, or Patty Mahomes? I mean, let me tell it. I think this is pretty easy. It's the guy that had 128 catches, uh, 1,800 yards. I mean, wish he would have cracked. No, don't. I don't wish he would have cracked double-digit touchdowns. Because maybe it would have came against the Lions. He had enough time against us. So I think it's an easy call. I think it's Justin Jefferson, the guy who almost cracked Calvin Johnson's single season record. Uh luckily that still stands, but I think it's I think it's Jettis. It's gotta be Jettis. If that's the case, then why is Amon Ross St. Brown not up here? Because him and Amon Ross St. Brown have similar numbers through two seasons. Oh, through two seasons? 
is it two year award that we're doing? No, I'm just saying, like, it, but if you want to talk about like him being the greatest receiver or whatever in the league right now, like he is. So then, Amon Ra's one B. If you if we want to do agendas, you know I'm not gonna stop you. I'm the king I'm just of saying. Honolulu Blue Kool Aid. I'm not gonna say no to that. <laughs> I'm just saying your <laughs> offensive play, player man. of the year this year is Jalen Hurts. If he doesn't win, if he does not win MVP, it's Jalen Hurts. He's like one of only a few quarterbacks, if not like one other guy that had over 700 rushing yards to make it to the. NFC Championship game or something like that. It was some crazy statistic. Right. But this guy's really good. And he is dynamic. So even with him 67% completion percentage. Over 3,500 yards. Uh, uh, almost a 5% touchdown percentage. He had 22 touchdowns to 6 interceptions this season. 3,500 yards? Yeah, in a run-heavy offense, that's I'd low. Say that's pretty good. That's low. Huh? Thirty-five hundred yards is low. I said over thirty-five. It's actually thirty-seven. That's low. I'm just telling you. That's low for offensive player of the year. I can't give you that for offensive player of the year. But if you add to that, over seven hundred yards rushing, that's his saving so, argument. But I sure. Yeah, I, nah, I, not with not with thirty-seven hundred yards nah. and thirteen touchdowns. So no. he accounted for 35 touchdowns on the season. That's that's good. That's good. But it's in good. today's league, in an inflated quarterback throwing league, you got to have at least four grand for offensive player of the year. Not 3,700. No, I can't give him that. Nah. I'm about to look up who had the passing. Please, like he's tenth in passing. Right he's tenth. He's number ten. Behind okay. Mahomes, Herbert, Brady, Cousins, Burrow, Jared Goff, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence got more yards than him. They all got four grand. Uh, granted, Jalen Hurts missed time, which also okay. hurts him. But, yeah, nah, I can't get that. 35 touchdowns. Bills. Yeah. 35 touchdowns, which is more, which is more than everybody that you listed on that, that list except for Patrick Mahomes. That's true. That helps him. I'm just saying. I need a little more. That's it. All right. Fine. I love offensive Jimmy rookie of the year. Brock Purdy, who only played in like seven games. Kenneth Walker yeah. or Garrett Wilson. Yeah. yeah let's, okay. Luckily, I don't know why Brock Purdy's on this list. I'm going to be very honest with you. Yeah, that bothers me because when they had the top five, we'll get to defensive rookie of the year. If he could get in on seven games, James Houston should have been top five in 100%. defensive rookie of the year. That 100%. really made me mad when I saw that. Yeah. 100%. Um, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker the third, yep. though. I know a lot of people are picking Garrett Wilson. I like what Kenneth Walker did, especially knowing what his upside is going to be next season. And he was able to eclipse a 1,000, uh, show some upside as a pass catcher, uh, definitely was really good in the red zone and pounded the ball in the end zone. He's He's got top 10 upside. I love what I saw from Kenneth Walker the third this season. Here's a big one. Defensive oh, rookie of the year. So oh, looks, I didn't pick. You, yeah, yeah. I'm saying, I agree you agree? With you. No, guessing? I agree with you. Oh, okay, I said okay, Kenneth cool. Walker. Yeah, like, okay, cool. Garrett Wilson's cool, but like, he had Zach Wilson thrown to him. Come on, right? He only scored he four times. Been way better than he actually was. Yep. I don't know if that makes the argument for or against, but anyway, against defensive him. rookie of the year: Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hudson, or Tariq <sighs> Cohen. <laughs> All right. Last time we talked about this, I know Austin. And listen, I've been on the front. 
of that agenda. Are you changing sides? Oh my goodness. I'm a, I'm a coward. I'm going with Sauce Gardner. You are. You I'm are a, bending your knee to the I'm a, narrative. I'm a coward. <laughs> I'm a coward. Sauce oh Gardner. Sauce Gardner is arguably the best at his position this season. Arguably. Okay. Hutch was not. Hutch was very good. He came on strong. Had some games where he kind of was spotty and disappeared. I love Hutch. I'm happy. He's the best edge rusher in his class, hands down. Have to go with Sauce Gardner, though. I'm a coward. I'm sorry, guys. Don't be mad at me. <sighs> What's the main purpose of a uh, a defensive back? Uh, Prevent the receiver from catching the ball. Okay. So you had a 45% reception percentage against him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Also, when you get the opportunity, you want to intercept the ball, right? You do. Picks are good. Picks are good. You got a defensive end that has more picks than Sauce Gardner. He did. More sacks and a million more tackles. Yep. And you're telling me that this guy, just because he's the best at his position, makes him the defensive rookie of the year? Yeah, because he's elite at it. That's I understand old... that, but also you're talking about two very different positions. I agree. It's and very I think... easy to hide at cornerback. I agree. It's Especially not... when people know you're good and they don't target you. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson's in on darn near every play. I'm going to address this further on our pet peeve segment, but I agree with you. But the way it's set up and standing right now, I... Okay, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Okay. If Sauce Gardner played in Detroit and Aiden Hutchinson played in New York, or let me ask it a different way. Let me ask it a different way. What if the Lions would have drafted Thibodeau and the Giants ended up drafting Hutchinson and Hutchinson had the same season? He's in the New York media. And and Sauce Sauce still played? Yeah, Sauce is still in Jets. I think Sauce still wins, man. Like, he had some big matchups. He played Tyreek twice a year. Like, he's gone up against some big dogs and performed. Like, I can't take that away. Hutch, I agree. I think maybe, yeah, probably in the Jets or in the New York media, he would have a bigger microscope on him. But, I mean, we were the team on hard knocks. So, can't really say the Lions didn't have a microscope on them as well. So, I don't know. I love Hutch. Hutch is in a commercial. Hutch is popping. I love Hutch, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, Rob, Rob, uh, podcast isn't far off. He says, you know, it's a popularity contest. It kind of is. When you in that New York media, Sauce gonna get the. I know. I'm a, I'm a coward. I'm a you coward. are I'm sorry. You are Benedict Arnold, <laughs> traitor. That's what you are. Oh, I feel gutless. I'm sorry, right. guys. <laughs> well, y'all know I'm picking Hutchinson because I'm proud of my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I got heel AJ now with the beard. He ready to jump through the computer on me. I'm sorry. I am man. ready to jump through the computer. <laughs> AP comeback player of the year: Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, or Geno Smith. And my question is, what did McCaffrey come back from? Is it just because he had a good season again? Like I know he's been injured. I get that, but like, was he hurt last season? I don't know. He's always been hurt, but I wanna, yeah, I want to say he might have been hurt. But comeback player of the year, and okay, hold on a second. If this dude is here, how is Jared Goff not here? And That's I can't another even issue believe I, have. I cannot even believe that I'm like sitting up here on this Jared Goff bandwagon. You're right. No, you're 100 percent right. Come on now. 
Goff had a very slept on season. He was a top 10 quarterback. He should 100% be in this. It all makes sense now. His numbers were better than the people who think, oh, come on, Trey. It all makes sense. <laughs> I'm not, man. No. too much time on Twitter, and you've been seeing everybody talk about sauce, and you're like, you know what? I think they're right. I can't, man. He performed through the whole mess of the Jets had going. But, again, I, Jared Goff had a better year than the guy who's probably going to win in Geno Smith. But I'm not even going to pick Geno. I'm going with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I, I think, think Saquon, Saquon was 100%. a very good bounce back player. I think he made life easier for Daniel Jones. Coming back with 1,300 rushing yards. Like, he was a good player this year. I'm very happy for what Saquon did. Uh, he's he had to have a his, good year though. He's in a contract year. Yeah, he kill. He's killing his uh his leverage by saying, "Oh, I know I gotta be lenient with them because of my injury concerns." You know, his agent Pitt's probably hearing that. But yeah, I'm yeah. going with Saquon for comeback player of the year. Okay, a very non-controversial list. You don't have a chance to <laughs> not screw us on this one, Eric. Uh, AP Coach of the Year: Brian Dabble, Sean McDermott, Doug Peterson, Kyle Shanahan, or Nick Sirianni. Whew. I went back and forth on this one. I really, I don't think either of the top three should get it. I think they're qualified. My pick is Kyle Shanahan. I go for the guys that had the most adversity. And okay. Okay. knowing I, what their quarterback I, situation I was, Jimmy G, they didn't even want on their roster. And he still ended up turning out wins for this team. And then yeah. Brock Purdy being a third stringer going undefeated. I got to give it to Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Sirianni's probably going to get it, but I got to go with Kyle Shanahan. I have to say, I'm glad Dan Campbell's not on this list. Me too. Because for all the reasons that James Houston and Jared Goff deserve to be on their respective lists, I don't think a nine and eight coach that didn't make the playoffs and started one and six should mm-hmm. be coach of the year. Right? Did they have a great turnaround? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Did they did they make improvements? One hundred percent. Yep. But I don't think Dan Campbell should be on this list. I don't think that's too controversial. No. My pick is Doug Peterson, though. Really? To come in after the hot mess that was left by Mister Urban Meyer. Blech. <laughs> that SOB himself. Ugh, what a joke. <laughs> and to do what he did to get to the playoffs and to make Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was all but like about to be called a bust about halfway through this season. Yeah. Ain't nobody talking about him being a bust anymore. Mm-mm. And a lot of that has to do with Doug Peterson. I think I would vote for Doug Peterson on this one. Okay. Okay. I'm not mad at that. He's a good wild card for me. I don't like, I don't care for Dayball being where he is. The Bills were kind of fluky and up and down. Yeah, Jags, I'm okay with the Jags. I'm okay with it. Assistant coach of the year. And then we got to get to our pet peeves. Ooh. Ben Johnson. Do I need to read the other ones? No, I, was like, <laughs> I picked up. I picked up on it. That's my pick. That's my yeah. pick. D'Amico Ryan is very deserving with Ben Johnson. With what he had to deal with, people who didn't believe in Jared Goff, he able to, he was able to turn him into a top ten quarterback and turn out a top five offense for the Detroit Lions with pieces that nobody believed in. Yeah, yeah I'm not really sure with that award. I was going to make an argument for D'Amico Ryan's, but then I was like, no, not after you did the whole Sauce Gardner thing. We got to get one of these guys to win an award. 
He's and the most ben deserving Johnson one. Probably is the most deserving one. I yes. agree with you. Yes. No, actually, I don't agree with you. I think Hutch is as deserving. Hutch he's is not deserving for on, defensive man. player of the year. He's not more deserving than Ben Johnson is. But he's more deserving in his category. <laughs> Five. Five. We'll keep going. I don't know. Whatever. But it's Ben Johnson. If it's anybody other than Ben Johnson, then the NFL truly is rigged, and you can send your complaints in to them. All right, Eric. Go for it. Talk to the people real quick about GearUpDetroit.shop, and I'll get the graphic right this time. Yes, twas a great season for Detroit Lions fans getting swagged out with all the great attire for this amazing franchise. And we got plenty more coming for you to get ready for next season right here on GearUpDetroit.shop. You can get 25% off your purchase by using the coupon code BTB25OFF. Plenty of great Lions threads on there. Any Tigers fans listening as well, we do have some swag for the Tigers as well and some cool DSN gear as well. Some t-shirts and some other swag from us right here on GearUpDetroit.shop. Try to put on my best commercial voice. I think I did okay on that one. I think you did okay as well. Now, Eric. Thanks, man. In life, we have pet peeves. Oh, yeah. What's, a, what's, a, what's a life pet peeve that you have? A life pet peeve? Yeah. Uh, people who, with the 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 road is condensing to one lane, and those people wait just as the lane is getting over. You're waiting for them to get over. They don't get over till the very end of the lane. That's at the top of my list for sure. Easily at the top of my list. Okay. Uh, mine's guys who turn their backs on their hometown. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of the face of that now. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Sauce is from Detroit, so if anything, that bails me out. <laughs> no, he's a New York no. Jet. Um, no, mine is like if I have a screen, I got to see every inch of that screen. If there's something in the way, it drives me insane. I can see that. It drives me insane thank you austin, what, austin? see man <laughs> you like you this, done man. stepped in it now i'm mad you man are I thought in trouble i was brave no I'm a coward. you're in trouble so let's talk about the nfl what is our biggest nfl pet peeves that need to be fixed and i cannot wait to read the comments on this like yes please let share your own yes but what is your biggest pet peeve as I got far as the nfl is concerned I got three. I'm going to try to go through them as quick as I can. Uh, we talked about it last time we were here. The accountability for the refs needs to change immediately. Even Detroit, we need not play the lights. <laughs> Fair enough, Raw. Fair enough. Accountability for the refs has to change. The refs being as awful as they are every season, blowing calls, putting games in crucial spots, but not having to answer for anything drives me crazy. Put them under the same microscope you do players and coaches. 100%. Number two. A second. Can we, like, bounce back and forth here? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. My bad. I said I was going to roll through quick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> My number one pet peeve for the NFL, non-guaranteed contracts. Mm, okay. These men have got to get guaranteed contracts. Make them shorter. I don't care. Make them for a little bit less money, maybe. But they have to be guaranteed. I liked what the Bills did with DeMar Hamlin because, you know, they could have saved a lot of money by putting him on IR, and they ended up paying him his guaranteed for the year, which I thought was good. 
Mm-hmm. But these guys need guaranteed contracts because all it takes is one play, and they're out. Exactly. We saw Go that ahead. in in prime TV. That has to be a conversation this offseason. Yep. Um, number two for me, change the playoff format. I'm tired of seeing teams like, not this year, because for whatever reason, the NFC East was popping, but for years past, the NFC East would slide off with everybody being sub-500, but still hosting a playoff game. We just saw NFC, it this year NFC with the South. NFC South. Yeah. NFC South, same thing. I hate that. That mm-hmm. is not right. It should be the best teams, best records hosting the playoff games. I don't care if you won your division. If you sorry and we can tell you sorry, you don't deserve to be hosting no playoff games. I really want to see them change that as soon as possible. Number two, pet peeve. Thursday night football. Can we please just stop this? It's nonsense. No mas. It's absolute nonsense. Yes, sure. It's another night of football. I get it. But is it good football? No, No. it is not. Because you have taken guys who literally professional athletes are as routine bound as it comes. Mm-hmm. And you have disrupted that routine. You have screwed it up, and you have set them up for injury again. Not to mention, you did the stupid color rush jersey that didn't go yeah. over so well. No. And now you've got Al Michaels on there broadcasting games on Amazon, and he's irritated by the product as well. Can we please just do away with Thursday night games? Huge pet peeve. Go ahead. The only Thursday night game they have that's good is the first game of the season. The, the rest are right. just terrible. <laughs> right. My last one, I think it's my biggest one. Reshape the awards completely. I'm tired of the MVP always being a quarterback award. I want to see them do awards for every position. I think that would be cool to have. I feel like if you had a quarterback of the year, running back of the year, receiver of the sure. year, and it would make it easier for rookie of the year as well. For cornerbacks who may not have the same responsibility as somebody like a Aiden Hutchinson who plays on the D-line, shuffles around, plays in coverage. I think you need to separate that better by that, which helps you give credit to the players a lot easier. I want to see them change that. They really need to. That's a great one. Thank you. That's a good one. I don't think it'll happen, but it's good. No, definitely won't happen for sure. All right. My final one. Review. I'm sick of it. Mm. I'm done with it. In the sense. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Hold on a second. Okay. I'm done with it in the way that it is done currently. Okay. Because you have, and this goes back to the accountability that you were talking about earlier, right? Mm -hmm. But you have a command center in New York that is looking over this. Well, who runs that command center? The referee union. Yep. (laughs) How difficult would it be to contract Gene Serator or Mike Pereira sitting in the booth and you just call up to them and they're like, that ain't right. Fix the catch. Mm -hmm. This is actually what a catch is, right? Like, we have to find a way to get some type of outside accountability in the review process. One, Mm -hmm. because the Eagles don't score that first touchdown yesterday if the review is implemented the correct way. Mm-hmm. And sure. I also believe that all penalties should be reviewable. I like that. In the sense that yeah. 
You call holding on somebody in the defensive secondary, and Gene Serator sitting in the booth watching all the replays, and he's like, that ain't holding. Right. You pick up the flag. Because guess what? Then you can't determine the outcome of the game. Right. I like that. That's my Yeah. Change the review system. Because it's not best catch of the year offensive lineman today. So, <laughs> that was a great I mean, one. it was a great catch. I don't know if I would call it the catch of the year, but it was a great catch. It was huge. Yeah, seeing them have yeah, all the these resources system. and just not use them correctly just drives me crazy. No, because, like, first of all, I'm watching that, that Bengals-Chiefs game last night. Mm-hmm. Number one, you... Nobody can hear you stopping a play on third down so they get a free third third down. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. Great. It didn't really affect the outcome because the Chiefs still punted that drive. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But how many penalties were thrown in the second half? I think the Chiefs had four penalties all game. Three of them were in the first half when they were up by 10 points. Right. That You can't tell me that they didn't commit a penalty in the second half. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> there was definitely a couple. I think roughing the passers they missed yeah, some holds. Like, yeah, it was it was bad. So we need some type of independent reviewer that can sit up in a booth and be like, "That wasn't a penalty. Pick the flag up." We on you officials, y'all just yeah, get away with we too are. much. Like we get y'all get away with too much in the NFL. Boy. And when like people sitting at home can determine what a catch is and what a catch isn't. Yes, two minutes before you can. Right. You're not doing your job the right way. No, and I get it. You got to find out where it was spotted. You got to find out how much time was on the clock when it would stop it incomplete. I get all that. But can we just define what it catches and review things the appropriate way? Yes, please. I'm glad we got that off our chest and the therapy off our chest. But it is time to head out, Eric. We yes. got to go. Yes. So we will be back next Monday night. I do want to say thank you to everybody who stopped by tonight and filled up the comments with questions and conversation because we love it. Do not forget to head over to Detroit Sports Nation with the link in the comments for our Draft Central where you can get all of your draft information for the Detroit Lions. Also, we will be back next Monday night at 7 o'clock, so make sure you are here and bring a friend for your favorite sports show on the internet with AJ and Eric. It's called Beyond the Box, and we will be here next week. Y'all be good. Go Lions, and go Eagles in the Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>